He was a legendary lawyer. She's a real housewife. Together, Tom and Erica Girardi made a striking couple. And not just because of their 33-year age difference. He funded their lavish lifestyle with multi-million dollar settlements. She used that money to create a career as a pop singer named Erica Jane. But did they break the law to build their dream life? I'm Gustavo Arellano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Today's Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. The New York Attorney General's office releases a report that accuses Governor Andrew Cuomo of sexually harassing multiple women. In areas where most Americans live, there's a new federal moratorium on evictions. And the Six Flags Fiesta Texas Amusement Park announces they're building a roller coaster next year with a drop of 150 feet. Oh, Texas, never change. Today, in a crossover episode with our sister show, The Envelope, we get into a story straight out of a reality TV show plotline, because it actually is, on this season of Bravo TV's The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We speak to the LA Times investigative reporters who have covered the downfall of the Girardis, and we'll talk to our television reporter about why the public just can't turn away from this story. LA Times reporters Harriet Ryan and Matt Hamilton won the 2019 Pulitzer Prize for investigative reporting along with our colleague Paul Pringle. They exposed a USC gynecologist accused of sexually abusing hundreds of students over years. But this year, their attention has been focused on the Girardis. And it's not just because they're reality TV stands. Harriet, Matt, welcome to The Times. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Harriet, I know a lot of listeners might think this entire subject is fluff. Like, who cares about the troubles of a pampered diva and her rich husband? That's like every reality star ever. But Tom Girardi, what's interesting about him is that he's a legal and political giant in Southern California. Totally right. Even if you don't care about reality TV, you should absolutely care about what happened with Tom Girardi. He was one of the most prominent civil attorneys in America for decades, and he took on all the big guys, toxic polluters, big pharma, and he walked away with billions for his clients. I mean, people said that when he walked in a room, like the other side got their checkbooks out. But he used some of that money to have enormous influence in California politics. So he was a huge donor, mostly to Democrats up and down the state. And he asked for something in return for all his generosity from a bunch of different governors, including Gavin Newsom and Jerry Brown. And that was influence in the picking of judges. So if you're in L.A. and you walk into a courtroom, the person sitting on the bench may owe their seat to the influence of Tom Girardi. And so I think those two things, the influence in politics and the influence in the legal community, really make his status much beyond just being the husband of a housewife. Matt, Tom's someone who billed himself as a champion for the little guy. The Julia Roberts film, Aaron Brockovich, is based on a case that his law firm won about environmental poisoning. But as the years went on, there were grumblings that maybe Tom Girardi wasn't the stand-up guy he made himself out to be. That's right, Gustavo. Within the legal community, there had always been whispers among attorneys that Primarily, Tom was not paying the attorneys who would share cases with him. So, for example, 
Tom sued pharmaceutical companies, companies like Pacific Gas and Electric, which was portrayed in Aaron Brockovich. And he was typically bundling cases that were sent to him by other attorneys. So a case that might have had 10 or 20 victims of wrongdoing by a corporation suddenly became a case with hundreds or even thousands of plaintiffs. And that scale gave him a lot of leverage in negotiating massive settlements. But as part of those settlements, Tom was supposed to kick a portion of his fee over to these other attorneys who had been funneling cases to him. And over the years, there were a lot of concerns that attorneys, especially small local attorneys, weren't getting their cut. Uh, but many people were very afraid to go up against Tom Girardi. I mean, he had these political connections. He knew all the judges so well and he had a lot of money. I mean, this is someone with two private jets, a massive estate in Pasadena. You know, when I started as a young reporter in Los Angeles, I worked for the legal newspaper, The Daily Journal. My first week on the job, I actually was sent to Las Vegas to cover this big legal conference for all the plaintiff's attorneys in California. And Tom Girardi always had this massive party to, to coincide with this annual conference. And I just remember, you know, a steak the size of a hubcap on a car. Jay Leno performed. I was at the table with Aaron Brockovich. The um, Aaron Brockovich. The Aaron Brockovich, not the Julia Roberts. And it was just surreal. And, you know, Tom just brought together politics, law, celebrity, and, and a few other hangers-on just in a very unique way. And they loved him, they revered him. I mean, this is someone who, you know, had, as Harriet said, you know, the governor on speed dial. So people were afraid to go up against him. However, um, what we did find in our reporting is there were a long trail of angry clients, uh, people who felt that they didn't get all the money they were owed or got subpar legal representation from Tom Girardi or others in his law firm. Tom's fortune was once estimated at more than $250 million, but now he's in bankruptcy court, he's under a conservatorship, and Erica, his wife, filed for divorce last election day. So what happened? It all kind of collapsed very, very quickly. A lot of creditors were coming forward and saying, give us our money. You know, for example, there are these victims of a Lion Air plane uh, crashed off the coast of Indonesia in 2018, and every passenger and crew member aboard died. And that led to this litigation against Boeing. Boeing settled these cases and sent money to Tom Girardi's firm. That money never reached these victims. Neither Tom Girardi nor his lawyers have offered any explanation about what happened to the money at the law firm. His attorneys have said in court that he has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and dementia. We'll have more after this break. Matt, both you and Harriet interviewed a gentleman named Jay Edelson, and he sort of blew this whole thing wide open. Jay Edelson is a Chicago-based lawyer, and in many ways, he kicked off the hastening of the downfall of Tom Girardi and his firm. He had partnered with Tom Girardi in the litigation against Boeing for those victims in that Indonesian plane crash. Boeing had transferred money to the Girardi firm 
the money never left the Girardi firm and reached these victims in Indonesia. You know, millions and millions of dollars. So Jay Edelson, his name is on that case too and felt a certain amount of responsibility for where this money went. Uh, so he had spent much of 2020 chasing Tom. Uh, he and his, the lawyers at his firm were getting phone calls from Tom saying, you know, basically that the money, it, it's on its way, be nice to me, a lot of stalling tactics. And what Jay has told us is that on election day, when he found out that Erica had filed for divorce, suddenly the light bulb went off and he instantly became concerned. I can say that that the, the moment that we got really nervous that Tom was stealing from, from his clients was when she filed for a divorce. When that happened, that changed everything. Because my view was this is someone who was very, very successful. I viewed their relationship as totally transactional. And when she filed for a divorce, I went, oh, no, he's got real money problems. His firm you know, kicked into overdrive to file the first lawsuit against Girardi, basically alleging that the divorce was a sham uh, to protect and hide assets and seeking the money that belonged to these Indonesian widows and orphans. That ultimately led to this hearing in December of 2020, where a federal judge in Chicago froze the assets of Girardi and his firm uh, and referred the conduct in this case to the U.S. Attorney's Office there for criminal investigation. Uh, and if you're watching The Real Housewives this season, that's really where we are um, at this point in the season, that the assets are frozen. And this hearing in Chicago that they talk about, that's all because of Jay Ellison. Harriet, the downfall of Tom Girardi also drew in the California State Bar. And they're in charge of investigating and disciplining attorneys in California. And they had received multiple complaints about Girardi over the years, but nothing ever happened to them. That's right. So Girardi was sued more than 100 times, and he was the subject of complaints to the bar again and again and again over the decades. And the complaints were about the type of misconduct that has cost other lawyers their law licenses. I mean, misappropriation of money. You cannot touch client money or you'll lose your license. And yet he has a spotless record with the bar until a couple months ago after our stories ran. And when we looked at that, what we found was that he had cultivated these very close relationships with bar officials um, who were in a position to influence discipline. And he did things like employ their kids at his law firm, treat them to parties in Las Vegas, fly them on his private jet, wine-soaked lunches at steakhouses. He even gave them free legal representation in like their own family personal matters. And these are government employees. I mean, they cannot afford to eat out at Morton's, all right? So after we reported all that, the bar, unbeknownst to anybody, sent an auditor to go into the Girardi file, which must be enormous, and go back and look at everything from the very beginning. And the auditor came out and what she said was mistakes were made over a period of decades. Nothing more specific. Now, we think that that should come out and that should all be public. And there are lawmakers in Sacramento who think the whole thing should be public, too. But at this point, the bar is just saying mistakes were made. And we don't know whether down the road we'll learn, did those mistakes have something to do with the freebies he was giving employees? 
it's an incredible series of stories that both you, Harriet, and Matt have been reporting and something that you never saw in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You just saw Tom as his character. is like, oh, you know, just this benevolent, older man, a loving husband, and just left it at that. But now, of course, and you're... You're kind of seeing this on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season, but there's legal issues that both Tom and Erica are currently facing. What are they? Yeah, I mean, these people want their money back and they're owed their money. They're, you know, everybody from like the security firm that provided, you know, an arms officer at their Pasadena mansion to like many, many, many clients who never got their settlement money. It's more than $23 million. And there are trustees that work on behalf of the court and they are going after Erica in some cases, fairly aggressively and saying, you know, we want to know every cent that you got from him, what you bought with it, when you got it, under which circumstances. And they have indicated that they want to claw back any kind of assets that are in her possession that should go to these aggrieved former clients and, you know, vendors and whatnot. They are serving papers on Erica. They want to go through her books. They want to interview business managers. And and I just say that in any bankruptcy case, where you have a couple that are married for a long time, then they get divorced or they file for divorce, then they file for bankruptcy, the court is always really suspicious. They worry that the divorce is a sham and that they're hiding assets by, you know, giving the wife all the money and then the husband files for bankruptcy. You've gone after huge institutions accused of malfeasance, both respectively and as a team. The Catholic Church, USC, Purdue Pharma, private schools. How does the Girardi case compare to those? I know it seems light. Again, this is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but there's a lot there. There's been some soul searching among the L.A. legal community. At the same time, I think that there has yet to be a full accounting of all those who knew something and didn't take action. And I think in that respect, Erica, she is the target of a lot of scrutiny, but I think there are others who had information and didn't sound the alarm sooner. I mean, one thing is that the audience for our story is different than things we've worked on in the past. I am so struck by the Real Housewives viewership. They just have bowled me over. First of all, as far as I can tell, they're very intelligent to a one. And I'm not just pandering that. I had ideas about who they would be, but they've turned out not to be that at all. Um, We interviewed a guy named Brian Moylan who wrote a book about the Housewives that just came out. And he said, Housewives fans look at the, the women on the show with the eyes of a detective. And they are trying to figure out who is this person? What is their real story? And the show is one piece of that mystery. But they also use Twitter and Instagram and stories in People Magazine and stories on TMZ. And so Erica's story and Tom's downfall, this is just like catnip for them. I mean, there are legal documents. There are public records, you know, and they have just so educated themselves on the whole process of legal ethics and bankruptcy court. I mean, we could teach America about all sorts of arcane topics if we could just weave it into a Real Housewives season. Harriet and Matt, thank you so much for this interview. Thank you, Gustavo. Oh, my pleasure.
My colleague Ivan Villarreal writes about television for the LA Times and also co-hosts The Envelope for The Times. Last year, she interviewed Erica Girardi when The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills returned for its 10th season. Today, Ivan will situate the Girardi mess in the Bravo multiverse. Welcome, Ivan. Hi, thanks for having me. Might as well start at the beginning with the original Real Housewives, the Real Housewives of Orange County, which started in 2006 in my home turf. Then it turned into a franchise. There's now about 10 Real Housewives shows just in the U.S. and more internationally. It's not usually a favorite of critics, but it has its fans like me, and it's still a big key to Bravo's success. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Real Housewives is really Bravo's juggernaut franchise. And it's been deemed the modern day soap opera. It's a big business built on petty fighting and the scandals of the rich. But it's also the rare show that embraces groups of women over 40 And fans become invested in these women's lives, like seeing how they're handling divorces or family discord or blowouts with a friend. So, yeah, these shows have dominated text thread discussions and in-person brunches. I think I currently have like three text threads going because Potomac (laughs) is back and Beverly Hills in New York are also airing their seasons. So, yes. People really love the Real Housewives franchise. But what's interesting is that Erica played herself up to like this dream persona, no nonsense attitude. But this season has shown a totally different side of her because it's addressing the legal problems that her and her husband, Tom, are facing. And so she's humbled in a way now. She claims so far on the show that she never knew anything about her husband's alleged financial uh, misdoings. How have fans reacted to this shift? I mean, I will say I have never seen so many Erica Jane related memes while scrolling Instagram. And I do this thing, too, where I just search her name on Twitter after an episode is aired to see how people are reacting to her story. And it's hard not to notice the skepticism and the criticism you know, there's there was that episode with the now famous image of her crying and the mascara running down her cheek. Some people just really feel like she's going out of her way to put on a performance. But there are others who do believe her when she says she didn't know and that husbands can have secrets. Yeah, in a way that I've never seen with any housewife. You're always going to go for one or the other. My wife and myself were huge uh, Bravo fans, full disclosure. We've been on their talk show in the audience, watch what happens live. But my wife refuses to see a Beverly Hills this season. She's boycotting it specifically because of the allegations around Erica and Tom. And, and she says that Bravo's allowing Erica Jane to rehabilitate her image and paying her a good amount of money to do that. Is that how the show's framing Erica's arc this season? I think it depends on who you ask. Because look, Erica has had one of the most carefully crafted and managed personas of all the ladies. She's very guarded with how much she reveals about herself. And I think in some ways, people wondered how much we'd really see from her about the situation, like how open she would be with the girls in discussing it and what her story would be. Because remember, Bravo began filming this season in early October before Erica's election day announcement that she would be divorcing Tom. And in the aftermath with now seeing everything play out through this season, some fans have felt like she's leaning heavy on the self-pitying, talking about everything that she's had to give up. You know, she had that story recently where she told this confusing and bizarre account of Tom's car accident in 2017. 
But I think all the fans of The Real Housewives will tell you if anyone deserves an Emmy nomination, it's the editors of The Real Housewives franchise because the way they sort of splice footage together and show you what's been said in the past so that you can compare it to what she's saying now, it's very skillful. The Real Housewives franchise doesn't shy away from the legal problems of its stars, like most reality shows. So on The Real Housewives alone, previous housewives, they've been arrested for assaulting an officer. They've gone to prison for financial fraud. That's Teresa in New Jersey. Uh, there's been allegations of attempted druggings for crying out loud. They seem to be at least, you know, uh, issues where people, only they harm themselves. But in this case, getting accused of having your lifestyle funded by settlements that were supposed to go to Indonesian orphans, that's a whole other level of shade. I know there are people like that that just felt like this was the final straw. I can't take part in the spectacle, but I do think people are interested to sort of see exactly what she says and whether it is revealing in any way to the case at hand. Thank you so much for this conversation, Yvonne. Thank you, Gustavo. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, gray whales, long an icon of the California coast, they're dying in record numbers and no one knows why. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn and Denise Guerra. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Special thanks to Hebael Urbani. Our intern is Ashley Brown and our theme music is by Andrew Ibn. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and this madre. Gracias. Gracias.